Good evening, everyone out there in Spooky Barberland. This is Crystal with your podcast exclusive. So today we're going to be taking a look back at one of Washington State's oldest cold cases. Tonight's episode is going to be a little bit of a quick one, but just figured because this case, yes, it is one of the oldest cold cases in Washington. As of November 19th, 2021, the case is no longer cold. So sit back. Let's get started. On March 6th, 1959, according to a press release issued by the Spokane City Police Department, Candy Candy Rogers disappeared while selling campfire girl mints which that is by kind of like a girl scout organization but instead of sitting outside of our local supermarket with our big doughy eyes looking at us going please buy our cookies um they actually went door to door now candy was in her own spookan neighborhood where she was you know going door to door saying will you buy my mints Searchers found boxes of these mints just thrown along the streets, which was basically their only indication of figuring out where she went or the direction she could have gone. The following days after her missing, approximately 1,200 volunteers gathered to find her. Even the U.S. Air Force assisted with the massive search with a helicopter crew to scan the land from above. Sadly, one day after Candy's disappearance, a Sikorsky H-19 helicopter struck high-tension power lines and crashed into the Spookin River. Two airmen did survive the crash, but three of crew members, Airman Marlise D. Ray, Sergeant William A. McDonnell and Lieutenant Kenneth G. Fawtick all were killed in the crash. Roughly about two weeks later, on March 21st, two airmen from the Fairchild Air Force Base were hunting in the woods off of Old Trails Road. Now, this was only seven miles away from Candy's home when they discovered a pair of girls' shoes. Fearing that they might have been related to the missing girl, they went back and reported their findings at the base. This initiated a new search the following day of the area where the airmen were hunting. Candy Rogers' body was quickly found, buried under a, shower, a shallow layer of brush and pine needles. This is where it gets sad. Police said that they basically, whoever did this, raped her and then strangled her to death with her own clothing. There was, um, I, I guess the best way to say it is they didn't have a suspect. Like, no viable suspect, no viable leads, nothing. And we're talking like, nada, this Despite, you know, thousands of tips. Nothing. I mean, we're talking 
years had gone by with investigators still trying, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, you know, what would have happened without modern day technology. A press release did state, quote, with no way of knowing the future of trace evidence and sensitivity of ensuing testing procedures, it is a testament to the diligence of investigators in 1959 that evidence was preserved in such a manner that DNA could be extrapolated 62 years later. End quote. Now, I did say at the beginning of this that this case, unlike the Boy in the Box case, has a bit of a happy ending. Earlier this year, experts from Washington State Police submitted a sample of semen that was collected off Candy's body. Yay, 1950s police work for doing your job. A Texas lab then ran the specimen through a genealogy database, which, ding, 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 they found a possibility. Yay! But there were three possibilities, all of which were brothers. Of those three brothers, only one, one of them, John Rye Hoff, had a child. Hoff died by suicide in 1970. Not too sure, you know, was it guilt? Whatever. Either way, <laughs> the investigators did, you know, contact his daughter. And as soon as she found out what, what it was, she had dropped everything and met with detectives. And the testing did show that the daughter's DNA was related to the sample that was taken from the crime scenes. Now, obviously, investigators, yes, they use DNA and they're like, that is kind of a solid, but obviously... They had to exhume Hoff's body and test whatever DNA they could get. I don't even know what they could use at this point um, <laughs> against what the semen that they did collect from the scene. And it showed a match with a probability threshold indicating it was 25 quintillion, which apparently is 18 zeros. Like, holy crap times more likely that the sample came from John than an unrelated person. So yay. Um, but sadly it is unknown that if Candy has any surviving relatives, um, you know, that are still alive, but police did figure out that Hoff was 20 years old at the time of murder and he lived one mile from Candy's home. He was raised in Spokane and served in the U.S. Army at the age of 17, and he was stationed at the missile site surrounding Fairchild. In 1961, mind you, two years after the murder, Hoff was convicted of second-degree assault with the intent to rob, and it was stated that he accosted a female, forcibly removing removed the victim's clothing, tied her up using her own garments and strangled her before leaving the well not even leaving fleeing the scene but unlike candy this victim survived and you know what this man got six months 
six months in jail for attempted murder. Oh, but you know, he didn't kill her, right? <sighs> as a result of his conviction, the army did declare him as a deserter and he was dishonorably discharged. After his release, but before his death, the man worked as a door-to-door -door salesman and in a lumberyard. The biggest thing that was asked to Sergeant Zach Stormont was, you know, his guesses of how many hours was put into this. And his statement was, quote, this isn't measured in hours. This is measured in careers. End quote. Like I said, tonight's case was a lot better than the boy in the box's case. The boy in the box, yes, we're still hopeful that they'll release that. Yes, they found who did it and they found out who the little boy is and we're waiting gleefully. But this case truly did end with a happy ending. I, I had the way I say happy ending isn't that this child was brought back home. I mean, that would have been like the best thing ever, but clearly it, it wasn't. But when I say a happy ending, if she has any surviving family members that are alive today, they can 100% find peace that they know who killed her and that how do I put it without being rude? I'll just say the jerk ended up dying and didn't live a long, satisfying life. Because let me tell you, yes, granted it sucks the girl lost her father, but at the end of the day, this man was an ass. We're talking like, who sits there, murders a nine-year-old little girl and loses his mind like that? rapes, murders, and all that stuff. Excuse me, what? Who's to say, like, he wouldn't have done that to another little girl? Who's to say he didn't? Like, who's to say there's not another little girl out there that nobody would have known? Or another adult? I mean, clearly this man's been messed up, and it makes you wonder, like, okay, so did he, like, get reformed when he met his wife, girlfriend, whatever? Was he married to the woman that birthed his daughter? Um it kind of opens up a little bit more questions, really. But, I mean, I don't know about you, but I am extremely satisfied to know that this man did not live a happy-go-lucky, full-long life after what he did to that little girl. But I digress. I shouldn't be so judgmental, but I'm sorry. I, there's a special ring in hell for people who harm children. Hell, there's a special ring in the prison system for people that harm children. But, again, I have to be biased. <laughs> what do you think? Did you like tonight's story? Should I do more cases on missing children and cold case files? Should I do updates on some previous cases that I have touched on? that uh might have an ongoing trial going on 
hopefully soon Brianna and I will be able to get back on schedule with both of us having very busy jobs and the holiday season being really busy for our business. Um, I just realized I said busy in business and all the BUS, oh, whatever. <laughs> Either way, with the holiday time, our schedule is a little bit crunched. So if we don't get a lot of content out, please don't be mad at us. We are working on it. Um, just our schedules haven't really matched up for our days off for us to record stuff. And recording things at like 9, 10 o'clock at night is not fun, especially when you have to be up early the next day. So as of tonight, we are done. I hope you all enjoyed. Go follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and click subscribe and the little bell notification on YouTube if you haven't followed us there. Stay spooky, everyone.